You're listening to Extreme Vocabulary. This is the podcast where we don't just define words, we contextualize words. Today, I'm joined with the usual crew, Abe. What's up, everyone? Aaron. Aussie, Aussie, Aussie. And Efren. Hey, what's up? Ooh, how are you guys doing today? Chill. Yeah. I'm all right, as always. <laughs> I'm bursting. I'm ready to go. I'm like, yes, let's do this. <laughs> Chomping at the bit as we speak. Mm-hmm. Today's word. Loss. Lost or, or loss? <laughs> Did I say lost? No, oh. you said loss. I was just reading your paper. I don't know, there's, actually, there seems to be some confusion uh, about the word itself. Like, what are the differences between loss and lost, or loss and lose? Mm. And, I mean, you don't want to say too much about that. It seems obvious to me. But maybe people who can't spell have trouble with it. <laughs> oh, I see what you mean. You it's mean a, misspellings. I thought you yeah. meant, like, okay, okay. I think, yeah, I think people might think of loss and lose as different words, mm. but, you know, it's all about, you know, the, the uh, part of speech. Lost really. is yeah. lost the state of being and loss is abstract concept, right? Wait, why do you say that? Lo- oh, I, yeah. Why would you say that lost and loss are perceived differently? How are they perceived uh, no, I, I think different. there's a question. It's like, uh, you know, like if you Google it, it's like loss versus lost, where people are, seem to have a kind of confusion about these two words uh, or how to use them. Mm. Um, same thing with loss and lose and then loss. Well, maybe not loss and loser, but what about and lose loss. and loose? Yeah, I, I think that's a misspelling uh, that's a spelling, uh, question that people have, I think. Um, especially lose and loose, you know, one is mm-hmm. one O and then the other one has two O's. Yeah. Well, I mean, people don't know how to spell these days, you know, because their phones spell for them and, you know, mm. they have grammar checkers and spell checkers everywhere. So, oh yeah. Ooh. Do you think that the grammar checking is like affecting people's actual understanding of grammar now in days <laughs> but no. nowadays as a part of speech doesn't make sense anyways yeah well i know that the that the green underline on word is that what you're talking about yeah that's so wrong so many of the times that i think it's just confusing the whole mm. arena of it and sometimes those grammar checkers uh, don't let me write certain types of sentences if right. you ever use a semicolon It'll, it'll get confused, hmm. and uh, it, it thinks you're doing something wrong somewhere, and it'll highlight it, or, uh, no, is, is it a green underline, or is it a red underline, or what is it? it, 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 it is. It's a green, it's a green, um, and yeah, that's why I tell my students to, like, disable all that stuff, but they don't. Yeah, hmm. that's, that's what I do. I, I, I said that to certain students, and one of them questioned me on it, like, why? Why are we going to do that? Hmm. And I just told them, because you don't want the machines to win, do you? <laughs> like, that's how the machines are going to take over, man. Yeah. You know, it's T2. Now stop questioning my orders. Yeah. <laughs> it might seem like a loss to them, <laughs> but to us. it's actually a benefit. Yeah. To, the, to the machines? 
Oh, to the computers? I, for one, welcome our new overlords. <laughs> the new overlords. We're all like, yeah, if we were like blown up in a volcano right now or whatever, and every all of our bodies turned into like uh, petrified dust or whatever, and they looked in, they'd be like, oh, they were like worshiping this little screen. It seemed like everybody was like, uh, <laughs> like hunched over, like kind of bowing to this <laughs> thing. Yeah. To this little rectangular slab. Yeah. If they didn't understand the connection, the t- connecting points between the different computers, I guess it seemed really weird. Yeah. So man eventually evolved to walk upright and then hunched himself over gradually in subservience. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, let me say a few things about loss. Uh, I think there are three main definitions, and a lot of these are obsolete for some reason. Um well, I mean, yeah, I definitely haven't heard of them used in these ways. So I'll begin with some of the older ones. Uh, there's the verb form of loss, which is obsolete, used in its transitive sense, which means to unload a ship. And this is coming from the 15th century and, and all the way up to the early 17th century, so like early 1600s. Can you and, use that one in a sentence, that version? Can I use it in a sentence? I don't want to. <laughs> but it, 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 uh, I, I mean, I could have written the examples that were on the OED, but, you know, I'm not going to do that. Um, so there's that one. It's, it just means to unload a vessel or to discharge goods from a vessel uh, or to unload a ship. And so loss. Lost the ship. Yeah. I really, again, I... I don't want to use it in a sentence, but lost, if you come up with cargo. it, you use it. <laughs> lost the cargo from the ship. There we go. Yeah. Um, okay, so there's another obsolete um, use of the word loss, which is in its noun form, which actually refers to a lynx, which is the, what we today call the lynx, but was called the loss. Um, this is actually coming from the history of Reynard the Fox, translated by William Caxton in uh, the 15th century. So, again, it's, it's an older uh, name for the creature that today we call the lynx. Um, I can, I did copy the sentence for this one. Oh. It's the rulers and keepers of the field was the leopard and the loss. Ah, that sounds cool. The Does leopard it? and the loss. That sounds way better than the leopard and the lynx. Better than lynx? I think lynx is a kind of cool word. It's so cool in its own way, but just, the leopard and the loss, it just that's, rolls off the tongue. It's poetic. Yeah, I guess. Lynx is just, it's spelt really cool, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but guess what else is manx? Okay, so there's a precedent there. What is manx? <laughs> a manx is a type of cat. It's maybe way back when connects to the lynx, but it's a, it's more of a domesticated cat. It could be a wild cat too, but the manx comes from Isle of Man and uh, British Isles area. I'm amazed at your trivia, dude. You 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 got some awesome trivia going on over there. I I don't remember. I anything. did contribute to many first place <laughs> wins in the past. We need to go back and reclaim our title. I've never been part of that, so, you know, you guys reclaim it, and then I'll take some of the credit. <laughs> it's because it's it's largely pop culture trivia that ends up being the thing, or, you know, defi- the defining, or not defining, what do you call it, the um, deciding factors, 
and you would be completely useless in that respect. Yes, I would. The I... stuff that you would be useful for, I've got some of that, and the ones that I don't have that you would have would never be asked, basically. What are you guys talking about right now? <laughs> I don't know. I think he's saying something about that I know a lot about what, like uh, high uh, culture stuff? Like or culture, history, and all that. You guys are talking about trivia night. Yes, we are. Trivia <laughs> night. And, uh,. Yeah, I just think it's okay. All right, let's lose that subject or what? <laughs> no. How many losses did we take in trivia? I'll tell you, not many. All right, well, our food just came, so we're gonna come back after this with literature hour, and then we'll probably keep talking about uh, also everything. But we still have the main definition of loss to deal with. We'll have to do that when we come back too. We're gonna double up our next section. All right. Because we got to eat. All right. Sounds good. All right. Each week on Extreme Vocabulary, we take a look at a piece of literature that uses today's word. Efren, looks like you brought um, us another book. As always, as always. And it's I know I I know I always say this it's becoming almost like a running trope on this but this is a truly outstanding novel uh-huh. that I've brought this week that it, you've it, read it really is that I've and this one I have absolutely read mm. and it's called Their Dogs Came with Them from Helena Maria Viramontes from about 2007 and. In, in the moment that, that has our word loss, it's kind of an aberration in the rest of the novel. The rest of the novel deals with the building of the freeways in East LA and the, what that did to the residents there when they were displaced. So in a way, the whole novel is about loss. But in this chapter, which is the end of chapter 12, we have all of a sudden the sort of camera, the narrative camera, the lens moves to this white man who's walking his dog along the beach and we'll see the word come up in this moment so uh should i just read it yes please yeah a foghorn moaned sadly in the distance and the lone moaning always meant loss to the old anglo man a longing so wide it wailed for connection with something as solid and as faithful as land masses hello he repeated again his heart as loud as the thuds Hello, he said, his voice cracking. The pounding suddenly stopped, and the man was close enough to hear muffled words of distress. His roomy eyes inspected the busted lock. Trembling, he pushed the creaking door open, and Peppino rushed in, Peppino being his dog. And if... If the moment seems like it sort of comes out of nowhere, it sort of does in the narrative too. We're like in this scene where these young Chicanas are like around the beach uh, and then suddenly it turns to this man walking his dog. So the the foghorn is actually at the beach, right? It's not just... Okay. All right. So is it about the Anglo man's loss of his home? Right? Is it like nostalgia or homesickness for the original European home? <laughs> uh, that's an interesting theory. I didn't think about that. But yeah, maybe there's something 
maybe the novel is, is trying to, to express that the loss is not just to the residents or, or to this white man, there's this different kind of loss happening as well. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Let me read it again real quick. A foghorn moaned sadly in the distance and the lone moaning always meant loss to the old Anglo man. What is the, the sound of the, um, uh, the foghorn, the fog right? Mm -hmm. yeah. what, so, what does that sound like? <clears throat> Isn't it just like a low horn? Oh, wait, I, actually, I have. A, I want to try to connect. Can I, can I play it, the foghorn? Oh, yeah, thank you. <laughs> Uh, of course it doesn't work. <laughs> you know what's funny about Aaron is whenever I okay, tell him to lean into the mic, he like goes further back. Okay, here we are. <laughs> That's the foghorn. Uh, well, there's two things I want to say. Um, number one, in um, when it comes to British colonial literature, there is a lot of homesickness. So I thought maybe that was what's going on in this scene. But considering the novel is written in 2007, which is closer to our current political time, there's a lot of talk about the loss of, you know, America or whatever spirit was it that... Uh, that uh, Main Street. That developed America, right? And made it the powerhouse that it is, right? So there's a lot of talk about, again, the make America great again thing, right? That there's a, a, a politics of loss, right? That we lost this thing and we're trying to retrieve it. So I don't know which one of those two you think is operating there. Is it, you know, this homesickness for some original home that was lost a long time ago? Or is it for the colonized home, <laughs> Right, the the loss of the colonized home, or something else is happening there. Well, I don't know. Like, would it be any different if, if like, considering that the novel was takes place in the '60s? I mean, it still stands, though. I think that for right, the '60s was also a, a time of of like a political turmoil, right, and the reconsolidation of like uh, racial uh, categories, and the novel in part deals with that in the background. So I wonder if. It is. It does deal with what you said, except for like, it's the '60s version maybe mm -hmm. of it, right? You know, one of the things that I've been trying to connect to, uh, I guess, through our talk today is the earlier definition of loss, which had to do with more of like a unloading, like a purposeful unloading. So maybe the idea of loss kind of uh, can accompany the idea of gain when you're thinking about home. Presumably, you're somewhere else you like. Maybe, you know, or Presumably. have some attachment to. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. <clears throat> well, yeah, I think that's part of what I wanted to get to today with the word loss. Was that, um, I mean, loss is about what what's missing, right? But we only know that because of the things that still remain, mm -hmm. right? There's, like, evidence of an empty space, Right, uh, a loss is never just a kind of vacuum, right, an emptiness. Um, but there's like things that are pointing to it, right? So, um, so I I think that's kind of something similar to what you're saying, right? That there is in the loss, there's something 
some unloading that's happening, right? Or some kind of gain that that's made also at the same time. Um, but that's interesting. Do you feel, <clears throat> do you feel like the feeling of loss discolors uh, our own the view our own view of the world in a way? Of course. <laughs> I mean, I yeah, definitely. I mean, so I, I do think there is like our political our political discussions today are definitely centered on loss right it's we lost something right something is gone that we need to retrieve um you know if, if you're talking about like native americans it's the land right it's we're losing the land right there's a loss there and that's what drives everything that they do um if you uh, you know, you could take any population and do the same thing, but what it's what it's what's interesting today, of course, is that you know, Anglo America says, you know, we lost something too. <laughs> we lost our fake culture. Yeah, we we lost our culture that was you know supreme culture that was driving everything. We lost it, and now we have to regain it somehow, even if that means loss for a bunch of other people. Like it doesn't matter, right? That. But that's kind of like the power struggle there. It's, it's about you know, well we're gonna take something from someone else in order to to regain what we lost or something like that. You know, one of the ironies of that idea of uh, whiteness being tied to colonialism, I also think colonialism is more like a viral culture that actually destroyed white cultures that just nobody cares about. They're like decimated, you know, entire ways of life. And it, it totally became around building super powerful states. Mm -hmm. No, no, I, I think that's totally true. Especially, it especially decimated these aspects of um, like your, like the different sort of uh, uh, factions of like European spirituality, like more like kind of like uh, earth based kind of spirituality yeah. were decimated under the, under the um, like the umbrella of, of Christianity too. Right. Like that was part of the whole process as well. And of course, whiteness did something, does something to, um, to, to, to white subjects too. Right. The idea like the, what, what does whiteness entail? All right. Here's a, here's a question then. <laughs> Considering that the concept of colonialism came along with Christianity, <laughs> do you think those are actually philosophically tied in any way? Oh, absolutely. It also came with the, the heteronormativity also. Mm. That's pretty tight. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, but well, here, let me bring up another point. So, okay, so we're talking about a politics of loss, right? Um, the way we t have discussions about culture, right? It's always it's always tied to something that's lost. Um, but also, some of our oldest stories are also about loss, right? It's the loss of paradise, for example, right? Um, I mean, and you guys probably have other stories. Expulsion from the garden, right? Yeah, so we 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 lose the garden, right? And there's always a, an attempt to get back to, to get it back to retrieve to it. Yeah, Crosby stills a Nash, yeah. <laughs> Crosby stills. <laughs> um, that's one of their lyrics. We got to get get ourselves back to the garden. Yeah, oh, okay. that's from um, uh, Woodstock. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Or sorry, Joni Mitchell. Excuse me, they wrote it and they co-opted it. 
Hearts. Okay, what do you like better? Crosby, Stills, and Nash? Or the fact that Nash was in the Hollies, Crosby was in the Birds, and uh, Stills was in Buffalo Springfield? Would you have rather have those three bands or Crosby, Stills, and Nash? Um, I would... You can't have one without the other. The though. answer is Crosby, Stills, and Nash. No. <laughs> is wrong. The other one is correct. You want those bands to be around. Okay. Well, you want the birds for sure. Well, the birds went on without him, you know. But it just wasn't the same. As much as I hate him. Anyways. Um, <clears throat> he doesn't like, you don't like Crosby. You got a thing against him, right? No, I think he's good. He's good. <laughs> uh, okay. So let me bring up one more thing. What about weight loss? I mean, because we've been talking about loss in a kind of negative way, I think. This is a positive yeah, loss, right? Because then you have gains. Right, where loss your is your the gain. Your losses are your gains, yes. Because uh, that's the goal. But why so much talk about weight loss? Though? Because we're obsessed with uh, image in this country. Yeah, because it makes a lot of money, right? Any Anything tied to the weight loss industry is like you can charge double for something if if you have the words like low calorie or low sugar or something right there's also people who need to gain weight and it's hard for them you know yeah, uh, and they're I've, very skinny i've overcome that <laughs> yeah well you know there, there's there's uh what was that one product advertised by by alex jones the chicken chicken bones uh <laughs> It's just like ground into powder or something, and you drink it, and it does. What does it do for you again? I don't know if it's a weight loss thing or a, or a mass gain. Yeah, uh, no, uh, uh, masculinity. You mean? Oh, is that what it is? You gain masculinity. <laughs> Did they start running out of shark fin or what? Yeah, I don't know. It was something. It was like that. It was like there was some kind of. I think it was supposed to increase your muscles or something like that, right? Your virility. You know, the idea of <laughs> just trying to gain masculinity, I think, has a lot to do with Alex Jones. <laughs> his message is definitely tied in with his products. Yeah. If you think about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But, I, <laughs> but do you think that, that the... Is his message, like, we've lost masculinity, therefore let's retrieve it, or is it... Or is that message like buried under like let's just be more masculine? Do you understand what I'm saying? Mm. Like, is the message overt about? I think it's loss of masculinity. I don't think it's overt. I think it's um, um, coded. I guess. <laughs> I think it's like a methodology for like a last ditch attempt to get your masculinity, which is just. Yell into a microphone, I guess. <laughs> I guess I'm trying to ease my way into masculinity, you know, um, in that same way. But uh, it's like uh, his middle age crisis is a is a cry for some masculinity that he lost in his youthful days or something. <laughs> this all becomes very Freudian, right? I, yeah, I mean, yeah. If you're talking about loss and all that in terms of psychology, you're definitely. It's beginning to step into like Freudian psychology, into psychoanalysis, because uh, I didn't want to lose my pee pee. Because <laughs> it's all about that, right? It's all about what you lost, especially if you're a woman. It's all about oh, you 
you weren't born with a penis, so therefore you so must like, have Venus envy. <laughs> so all your like psychological habits or or, or uh, energy or drives are like geared toward gaining that penis that you were never born with or something like that. We're going to lose all our sponsors with this episode. <laughs> I mean, we had Alex Jones, we were exchanging emails, and now I think that's going to be under. Cara Cara Oranges, <laughs> available now at Whole Foods 360. Well, that's where you got Is it 365? 365, is it? 365. If we lose that's those Amazon oranges, now, though, we'll always have the Freeway Oranges as our sponsors. <laughs> so, If it's a giant bag of oranges, it's going to be good. <laughs> but that was the thing, too, with those uh, freeway... Or- like, how are you going to eat 20 oranges between you and your family? That's like two oranges a day. Or they'll go rotten. You can make yeah. apple, or, or apple orange juice. <laughs> Use several of them at once for one glass. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. I think not, it's, a, not everyone has a juicer, though, so... It's possible with a family of four. Yeah, yeah. If you really like them, you, know, you go yeah, you, you eat two oranges each. <laughs> All right. Um, so we got through the literature, we got through uh, the main definition, right? We only have one more thing to do, and we'll be right back to do it. Each time on Extreme, <laughs> Each time on extreme Vocabulary, we would like to choose a song that is related to today's word um so i don't have any ideas for this though i'm always terrible at this too i don't have anything Hmm. that's what i except for drive when we did drive we all had a suggestion yeah it was amazing (laughs) that was like our yeah that was it it never gets it's gonna never get better than that Yeah. yeah um but according to our sponsors we now have to come to that sort of thing each episode so that's basically I feel like Aaron has something in his pocket and he's just kind of waiting for us to sort of uh, shoot ourselves in the foot and stumble around so he can come yeah. as a savior and uh, save us. So he can shine. Loss. That, that, that sounds like a, a grad seminar we were all a part of, except for UF, but uh, where, okay, so what do you have to say about the reading? What do you have to say? Okay, now that you've all shot yourself in the foot, let me enlighten you all. <laughs> That's a good strategy, it's, though. I think that's a cool double. strategy. So um, the word that I had no idea it was going to be, but I said, if I heard the song and I said, if we ever do the word loss, this would be perfect. And so <laughs> you thought be. like 20 years ago, right? Yeah. That's like a thought you had 20 years ago. 15, maybe 16 years ago. <laughs> so anyways. Uh, it's, it's, odds. it's a little bit out of our uh, usual uh, choices, but it's a, it's a country lick. It's by, uh, by uh, the other Hank, not Hank Williams, but Hank Thompson. And it's called uh, It Don't Hurt Anymore. Talking about loss in a positive way because it's taking away the pain now that that loss is part of his life. I love this song. You love it without even hurting hurt it yet. It's good. No, you'll like it. I'm pretty sure. I can hear it right now in the edit. Yeah, yeah. Through the magic of post production, through the magic of time travel. Yeah, I. I couldn't think of one anyways. Did you have an idea, Efren? You feel good about that? No, I feel I, I, I listen to the song. It's it's a classic country song. Like oh. it's like a, it's not like a neo or a neo country or like uh alternative country. It's like a country song and it's like a barbecue <laughs> stain on white t shirt. Yes, okay. Yeah. This is straight up uh, old country. The good the only kind worth listening to sometimes. 
Do you really think that music, like writing about your loss, does help you, like well, cope so much, with it or so overcome that, that emotional pain? It's not so much that. It's just the lyrics, uh, basically reveal that. You'll mm-hmm. when when you hear it, you'll uh, I think you'll understand. You're hearing it right now. Oh, I will <laughs> understand. Yes, I will. If not, I'll make you understand. <laughs> This has been Extreme Vocabulary. Recommend us uh, to do one of your words by writing to us at Extreme Vocab on Twitter. Yeah, just recommend a word. We'll probably do it. Um, listen to all of our other podcasts. Listen to... Aaron, what's the name of your podcast oh, oh, my God. The podcast that isn't there yet, but will be soon, hopefully. Uh, the Nostalgic Swell Hour. Or is it the Swell Nostalgic Hour? I don't know. It's going to rule, though. I, I hope so. Abraham on Abraham uh, sucking at chess uh, dot com. But excelling at Zelda dot com. Yes. <laughs> and uh, you know, as always defending communism. Yes, which will be released at some point. <laughs> yeah, or maybe it already has been by the time by this the comes time. out. Yeah. Who knows? Shout out to Alfred and the crew at uh, Sentences Podcast, the newest uh, flavor of the month, and hopefully of the decade. <laughs> Century. Century, excuse me. Millennia. Let's, let's just go higher. I kind yeah. of feel like this is the lost decade, though, don't you think? The teens? Well, the 20s were the lost generation. And we're no, but like we're the new lost decade. I, I actually think that's true in some ways. I mean, finding itself, certainly, right? Mm. But I mean, no, but sentences, they do, they do great work there. And yeah, I would highly recommend it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. They, they sound like they know what they're doing on like some podcasts. <laughs> That's a really good topic, too. All right. Wait, so what do they do there? Do they just talk about sentences? We do words and they do sentences. It's called extreme grammar. <laughs> Okay. Extreme. No, they, it's actually about uh, a little bit about the prison uh, industrial complex and about writing, uh, 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 writing from people who are incarcerated. Yeah, it's a words uncaged project that they did. Oh, okay. Hmm. Cool. Well, I've been Josh. You've been Josh. He's been Effin. <laughs> He's been Aben. And I've been Aaron. My grievances. And we are extreme vocabulary. When our powers combine... (laughs) We're going to make you do stuff when our powers combine. (laughs) And Abe, you know I'm going to make you do stuff? With these hands. (laughs) Fist bump. Alright. See you next time. No need to deny I wanted to cry the day you said we were through But now that I find You're out of my mind I can't believe that it's true I've forgotten somehow